Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the NSAA High School Baseball Championships from Werner Park in Omaha on Friday, May 17th. Catch the Class C game at noon Central, Class B game at 3.30 p.m. Central, and Class A at 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Welcome back to Hurt at Sports Radio here on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. And on this third hour, we're on KFOR in Lincoln as well. I'm Ravi Lula, Elijah Herbal here with me. And we are brought to you by our friends at Pratt Dental. Dr. Pratt was the first dentist in Nebraska to be certified in the BioClear method. Located in North Platte, Nebraska, the BioClear method and modern smile design can correct many aesthetic dilemmas in a permanent and less invasive manner than traditional treatments such as crowns. That means it's less time, less waiting, less invasive, which means fewer appointments because you can get multiple restorations done in the same day. Go check out Pratt Dental online and the BioClear method. It's prattdental.com slash bioclear dash dental dash treatment or just go to prattdental.com and find the BioClear treatment under their services. Uh, Pratt Dental creating healthy smiles. Uh, Join now a guy with a very healthy smile, our friend Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7. Brunts, how you doing this morning? Not bad. What's going on? Uh, you know, nothing much. I think it's been a pretty quiet week. Um, how have you been? Just trying to find things to talk about, right? This is the this is the quiet December that we all expected it to be at the uh, <laughs> at the start of the month. It's gonna coast right into signing day, and then uh, turn our attention to to whatever's next in uh, in the new year. So yeah, this has been <laughs> these last three days have been a week. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Bruns, I'm curious. You know, I, I know that. You you focus on a lot of kind of different areas within your role for Husker 24-7. Um, at what point did you start to hear rumblings of the whole Dylan Rayola thing? Uh, I mean, Monday. I mean, I, I think that was – Schaefer and I were talking about it. And in, in the time that we've been covering Nebraska for 24-7 sports, which I believe now is 13 years, the, the only time that you could kind of – that we could kind of remember just kind of a lightning bolt like that was when Mike the, – the press conference – or the press release came out that Mike Riley was being hired as Nebraska's head coach. <laughs> um, so those types of moments are are rare. But, uh, yeah, that, that one there, – there was a few rumblings, but, I mean, you're kind of at the point where – you kind of moved on from that being a possibility, I guess. So there was quite a bit of doubt in my mind. And then it was like, okay, there's, there's really something to this in a big way. So, yeah, it was uh, – <laughs> I think the Mike Riley press conference and having to be like, okay, Mike Riley from Oregon State? Like that, that was the uh, – There's not another the only, Mike Riley? <laughs> yeah. That was the only comparison that we could really come up with. It's Michael Brunts with us here on Herd at Sports Radio. And, Michael, whenever you, you just look at the week that has been, has it been crazy? I mean, the, the Monday was crazy. And then you followed up with Tuesday, Wednesday, yesterday with, with McCord, now out. Just the entire week as a whole, have, 
you remember covering any crazier recruiting week in Husker history? Um, well, there, there's been a, there were a few during the Polini era where there was one recruiting class where they got they got 13 commitments in 30, in 30 days, I think, in mm-hmm. December. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, when you're you're talking about like the 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 types of prospects and players that Nebraska is dealing with right now, I mean that it far surpasses anything that it's kind of had in the past. I mean. You know, if, if the Dylan Rayola thing gets over the finish line and he ends up signing with Nebraska, I mean, you're talking about the the highest rated recruit in the internet era that that would be signing with Nebraska. I mean, that that's unprecedented um, for for you know the last 20 years. Um, you know, Kyle Cord, a former you know five star quarterback, you're talking about there. I mean, you, know, you had Julian Fleming on campus as you know another five-star wide receiver uh, from when he was a recruit. So, no, I mean, it, it's um, the, the the type of prospect that you're talking about is so, so totally different. And I, I think that's a good thing for Nebraska, certainly. Um, but, but it also, you know, brings up a, a, a different kind of level of nuance that, you know, it, you, you're, you got to kind of get used to. And I think that's what you're seeing right now is, just a lot of a lot of shuffling, a lot of dominoes falling right now with uh, you know what Nebraska, especially the quarterback position, is going to look like. And now let's quickly reset it here for the listeners. If you somehow missed this yesterday, Kyle McCord was in town on Monday. Things were looking good, and then yesterday it comes out that he has moved on from his consideration of Nebraska. And it's big because Nebraska obviously thought they had maybe their quarterback for next season with his one-year of eligibility. But the, the side note to this is Julian Fleming. They were kind of seen as a package deal to Nebraska. Michael, based on what you know and what you've been hearing, do you think Julian Fleming to Nebraska is dead? Does that still have legs? What is the status of Julian Fleming in all of this? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I would not bet on that happening um, as we sit here this morning. I mean, I, I don't know that it was ever uh, uh, just a straight package deal. I mean, those those tend to kind of evaporate quickly, um, uh-huh. just based on how that, that's always kind of gone. But yeah, I mean, I, I I think you know he had a lot of has a lot of options. I mean, he'd been at Penn State um, earlier in the or late last week. He's a Pennsylvania guy. I mean, I I think you know there, there's a lot of options for him right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I think. Uh, <laughs> It, it, it's just kind of what what it felt like was happening on on Monday, um, you know, evaporated pretty quickly. But I mean that that's that's kind of what you you have to deal with, I think, when it comes to the quarterback spot. I mean, you know, Kyle McCord has one year to kind of make this make this happen, um, and then you know, I, I think the the Rayola news breaking when it did probably wasn't ideal timing for Nebraska, and. Um, you know, now you you, you don't you don't have McCord. Fleming's probably not coming, and and uh, if you're Nebraska, you're you're still kind of trying to, to to figure out what your last few pieces of this class look like. Brunts, as we uh, move forward, I, I think the assumption for a lot of people is that Dylan Rayola is going to end up at Nebraska. If that is the case, do you think anyone comes with him? I know in the past. Uh, there was a, a lot of talk about maybe him peer recruiting some receivers or other players to Nebraska with him as well. Are we too late in the process for that to still be uh, possible, or are you hearing anything in that area? Yeah, I mean it, it's late. I mean, and, and that's that, that's kind of the the unfortunate part of it is, is if you 
you do end up with Dylan Rayola, you're going to get, you're not going to get any visit weekends um, after, you know, he were to announce because uh, signing day is next Wednesday. The dead period starts on Monday. Um, you know, maybe if you, you know, have guys that hold off on signing um, and, and wait till February, you might be able to, to get something done there. But, you know, right now for Nebraska, you know, it, it, you, you just don't get the benefit of that. And a, a lot of the guys that, you know, visited with with Rayola on that big weekend last year um, are committed elsewhere. They're locked in elsewhere. Um, and and it's, uh, that, that would be a tough flip at this point. So, yeah, I mean, I, I – we're, we're, you know, looking around, we're asking around, um, but, you know, the time frame of things doesn't really uh, help Nebraska in that scenario. So we'll see. I mean, it might even be a situation where, you know, he's, he's a he's a big name if, if, you know, he comes to Nebraska and, and things go well. I mean, maybe that helps you in future classes. But the other piece of it, too, you know, Nebraska is in a bit of a numbers crunch right now. I mean, you've seen uh, two, two guys leave the, the recruiting class in the last couple weeks which were largely numbers issues. Um, so that that's a consideration, too, is, is Nebraska just doesn't have a ton of space uh, in, in their locker room right now to bring a bunch of extra guys in that they weren't planning on going into this week. So that, that's also a consideration, too. Brunts, with the uh, short amount of time, do you think maybe the Dylan Rayola impact could be seen more in the spring transfer period with specifically receivers maybe saying like hey there's a five-star quarterback on campus this all of a sudden is a much more attractive destination could be um you know it and i'm eager to eager to kind of see you know this next time around what that spring period looks like because it's it's really short um, mm-hmm. I, I think with the timing of, of when the portal actually opens, I think Nebraska is actually still going to be going through spring ball at that point. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think that would be one potential benefit is like, you know, hey, look, there's this guy at, at this school I'll, I'll maybe take a closer look at. But, um, yeah, with, with the way that the transfers are going right now and, you know, I, I think there should probably be a little bit of a correction somewhat in, in terms of how many guys are going into the portal. But, um, you know, that, that that's out there, I guess, that, you know, maybe you'd get that spring bump. But, um, you know, you if you're Nebraska, you'd still need, still need some guys to decide that are on the roster right now that uh, they would want to go elsewhere too because uh, they're, they're pretty full right now. It's Michael Brunts with us here on Herd at Sports Radio. And, Michael, whenever you, you look at the Daniel Kalen angle of things, he hasn't been swept under the rug at all. As uh, It's been made clear to him apparently that Nebraska still has space for him and they will still honor his commitment. But now he's off to go take a look at Michigan State. As you forecast it right now, do you think Daniel Kalen will be signing on the dotted line come next Wednesday or do you think he's off elsewhere? Uh, I mean, I, I would expect him to probably go elsewhere if everything kind of plays out the way it seems like it's going to. Um, you know, obviously the the quick visit to, to Michigan State and setting that up, I mean, I, I think I, I, that, that makes sense to me. I mean, I, when, when you kind of look at the, the arc of this class, um, you know, Daniel Kalen did a lot to, to get guys in the class to kind of do the peer recruiting thing and, um, you know, all of a sudden, um, you know, your, your picture gets shaken up a little bit. I mean, I, I think he's definitely doing his due diligence and looking around. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would be, I would be shocked if, if uh, you know, he, he's a Nebraska Cornhusker uh, next Wednesday. But 
Um, you know, it's unfortunate that, that things have kind of played out for him the way that they have. I mean, you know, he's committed to Missouri, uh, immediately jumps back in with Nebraska when the, when the door opens. And, you know, I, I'm sure his head's probably spinning with the way things have gone uh, this week. But a talented kid, um, you know, just a, an absolute stand-up kid. Um, I'll be eager to kind of see what happens. But I, I would be very surprised if Nebraska ends up taking two quarterbacks in the 24 class. Um, just given kind of kind of the way things are trending right now. Brunts, uh, speaking of the 24 class, Nebraska did get a commitment yesterday from Alexander Ruggeroli. Am I saying that right? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nailed it. You got it. Feel great about it. it. Um, yep. <laughs> I feel like you to say it with like the uh, the Italian Danny De- or the Tommy DeVito hands. <laughs> Ruggeroli. I would say if I had uh, if I had Tommy DeVito's agent's hat on, then I'd definitely be able to say it correctly. Um, but you know, say la vie on that one. Uh, so. I know a lot of people thought when Grant Briggs committed that maybe there wasn't room in the class for Ruggeroli. How did are, are you aware of how that kind of took place and how those machinations went so that Ruggeroli was able to be included with Grant Briggs? Yeah, well, he's, he's technically going to be a walk-on, uh, coming in as a walk-on. Um, but, you know, they they found room for him and found a way to make it work. So, um, you know, he was a guy that, was a kind of a late bloomer um, as a senior, hadn't played a ton of football, and, and really, you know, was a high-ceiling tackle. And if you look at the way that Nebraska's offensive line class is kind of comprised right now, or composed, comprised, I always forget which one it is, but um, you, you look at that group, um, you've got a lot of guys that project to be interior offensive linemen. And the way that Nebraska's depth chart is right now, I mean, they're pretty heavy already on interior guys. Mm-hmm. And Rouge Roley's a guy that, you know, I, I think that they feel like they can come in and develop. They really liked what he showed his, his senior year. And, um, you know, they've been keeping tabs on him for a long time. I mean, I, I, I know that, that Donovan Rayola has been watching him really closely throughout his senior season. Um, you know, Rouge Roley came in, I believe, for the Purdue game as an unofficial visitor mm-hmm. um, and was pretty close to pulling the trigger um, after that visit. And it was just kind of a matter of Nebraska making sure that they had the space and could kind of make things work for him, and uh, it ended up working out. It's a big offensive line class, but, I mean, there's a few guys in that group that, you know, you, you feel pretty good about kind of what their long-term picture is. And I know, you know, Grant Bricks is a – some, some services have him as an interior offensive lineman. Nebraska's only talked tackle with him, uh, so there's some flexibility there. But, um, you know, I think Nebraska kind of needed to add a, a true tackle to this class that they could start to develop and, and get in that, that pipeline behind uh, Gatula and those guys that signed last year. Uh, I say this sort of tongue-in-cheek, but I just assumed with, like, 15 tight ends in this class that some of those would end up as tackles. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's a possibility. Um, they, they've got – and it's the, – the tight end group that they have is really kind of uh, an interesting group. I mean, it's different body types, mm-hmm. different type, types of tight ends. I mean, you look at a kid like Eric Ingerson at, mm. at, uh, at Papio, I mean, he could – he could stick at tight end. He could, you know, grow into a tackle. He could probably play on the defensive side of the ball too. Uh, you know, I, I think you just kind of bring in guys who are, um, you know, good athletes who, you know, you feel like can, can kind of grow in your program and kind of see where everything shakes out. And Nebraska showed with AJ Rollins, they're, they're not afraid to to move a guy from tight end to defensive end, or, or you know, maybe take a different look at a at where a guy fits. So. 
um, that's an interesting group, and it, it's uh, maybe we're not talking about this enough, but it just seems like Nebraska is like turning into just like a, an absolute tight end powerhouse. Like I mean, the state itself. Mm-hmm. Like there's you know guys in that 25 class that are already going to be national recruits. Yeah, Miami, who's the kid from Elkhorn North that uh, just got or has a ton of offers? Yeah, Lofton. Yes. Um, that's right. And, and, and there's other guys that you kind of know are going to be in that same group in, in 25 and 26. Miami is sending an assistant coach to Nebraska in December to recruit tight ends. <laughs> like that's uh, that kind of tells you, I guess, what kind of athletes are in the state, and uh, that's a good problem. I mean, it, you know, when you got schools like that coming up to, to recruit, um, that, that bodes well for Nebraska. Michael, here to quickly discuss a story that's also gone by the wayside, aside from the, the tight ends. To get back to the offensive line, you have Bryce Binhart announcing earlier this week that he'll be returning for another season at Nebraska along with Isaac Gifford. And I understand with the, the storylines this week being quarterback, quarterbacks are sexy, quarterbacks are the ones that are going to get the, the, the name appeal. But I want to get your, your take on the impact of Isaac Gifford and Bryce Binhart returning for another year and what that means for the 2024 season. Yeah, it's too bad that that did kind of get swept under the rug. Um, you know, I... I I think when you kind of look at the way that Nebraska's depth chart is situated for 24, you probably didn't have somebody at right tackle that you were just absolutely ready to go to if Bryce Benhart decided to move on. And I don't know that there's anybody in the, in the program that kind of changed the narrative about themselves as much as Bryce Benhart did last year. Um, he played really well. Uh, I think he really benefited from a change in, in strength and conditioning approach. Um, and you know, when he, he, I think he played, it, it was almost 800 snaps last year. Like, he, he played all 12 games. I mean, that's that's huge to have coming back. Um, and, and then, you know, on the other side of the ball, I, Nebraska didn't have a, a rover waiting in the wings. They've got guys in this, in this incoming class that they feel like can kind of grow into that role. But Isaac Gifford was a leading tackler by over 30 tackles last year. He played really good football. Um, you know, a couple interceptions here or there that kind of went through his hands, and, and you're probably even talking about that season even more. And he was another guy that, you know, the, these Gifford and Ben Hart combined played over 1,400 snaps last year for Nebraska. And having that leadership back, having uh, that, that veteran presence back on both sides of the ball, that's huge. And in the secondary with Gifford, too, I mean, you're losing Quentin Newsom, Omar Brown, who was really good last year, uh, Phelan Sanford, who came in and kind of did a lot of things for you. So, uh, having that that kind of a veteran back that that's really important I think for kind of continuing that upward trend for the defense and uh, one one quick personal story here on Gifford uh his first varsity snap at Lincoln Southeast he was the quarterback and I was the center actually he was in garbage time against Bellevue East <laughs> we fumbled the snap he absolutely was livid about the situation that his first varsity snap was a fumbled snap so I what I know about Gifford is that he did not want his Nebraska to career to end the way it did against Iowa with a missed tackle they get into field goal range they kick it and, and end the game that way he did not want his Nebraska career to end that way I don't know that personally from him but with what I know about him I think that is almost a surefire bet that that would stick in his crop that was his last defensive snap at Nebraska was that your fault on the snap or his Next question. <laughs> I'm not going to blame the kid that went D1 is all I'm going to say, but I don't want to take the blame either. <laughs> I'm going to put that one on Elijah. Um, so 
Uh, Brunts, I want to switch gears for uh, here a little bit I, uh, away from Nebraska because I, I feel like we've we've covered that uh, pretty well in depth here and we'll continue to uh, as things develop. But uh, I, I know we've talked all year kind of about you being a Heisman voter and sort of what that process looks like for you. Are you able to reveal retroactively who you voted for? Is that allowed? Yeah, it was uh, – the, well, you vote for three in order. It was Daniels, Daniels Penix, and Nick. Okay, so I was a big advocate of Penix as the uh, as the Heisman winner this year. Uh, so the way I kind of view it, I'm curious how you looked at it as an actual voter, was I felt like it would have been hard to tell the story of this year's college football season without Michael Penix. I feel like you could leave out LSU and Jaden Daniels and you wouldn't miss a ton outside of an incredible statistical season. How did you view it that led you to vote for Daniels over Penix? I, I I looked at the outstanding statistical season. Uh, <laughs> that, that's kind of where it went. I mean, I, I you know, it was just overwhelming. Guys, the stats were just overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, I I you know watched a lot of Washington football, probably more than I should have. And you know, he's, Penix is a fantastic player. And there's you know, Washington doesn't do what they did this year without him. Um, and you know, I with the the head to head wins over Knicks that's that's why I went with Penix over Knicks but Mm -hmm. um yeah I mean I I think Daniel's season was just kind of hard to to hard to get past and I I try to divorce the team stuff as much as I can um and just go with the 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 best player and you know for me it was Daniel's this year so it was it was a little bit tougher I think than maybe what it's been in the past when when I voted but um that that was the way that was the way I shook out this year was uh was with Daniels one, Penix, and then uh, and then Nix. I think the the hard thing this year was that you always hear it in the the discourse around the Heisman. There's a Heisman moment for a lot of these yeah. guys, and, and I can't remember there being a Heisman moment this season. There's the the one game where Jaden Daniels racked up what was almost 600 total yards of offense or, or some stupid number like that, and, and maybe that's the one. But I, there's not a moment that stands out in my mind this season as being, yep, that's it. That's a Heisman moment. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I. I don't know. It, it's it, it helps. I mean, it helps to kind of get to the front of people's minds. But I mean, Daniels was just so good um, all year, and you know, he had those game the, the really really big games too that were kind of eye catching. I agree with you. I mean, it, it, and it's probably a, a, a situation too where it's like, okay, if LSU was a little bit better. It was actually playing for something. Maybe you pay a little bit more attention to that stuff. But yeah, uh, I, I just I felt like he was he, he himself was just a better overall player this year than those other two guys and that's why I went with him Mike before we get you out of here I want to get your thoughts back to Husker football do you have any inclination of what the next shoe to drop might be obviously McCord was the story yesterday there's been a big story every single day Tuesday <laughs> or Monday it's Riola Tuesday it's well Kalen's gonna go visit Michigan State now Wednesday it's McCord do you have any inclination of what the Thursday storyline might be what might be what might be be talking about come five o'clock this afternoon uh I mean, the the quarterback is is going to continue to drive the conversation. I mean, um, you know, you're you're getting to the point where you're you know you're going to have visitors on campus uh, starting tomorrow, and then then it's just kind of I don't know if you're like waiting around for the smoke to come out of the, the, the <laughs> chimney or what, but um, a new pope you know, has I, been named. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I think that's that, I think that's going to be the con- I'm I'm pr- very prepared to be surprised. Put it that way. Uh, just based on how the last three days have gone, but um, 
I, I think it, it's going to be quarterback, quarterback, quarterback until, uh, until Wednesday. Well, in about 10 seconds, would you like to say anything about quarterback coach at all? Uh, it's coming. Okay. It's coming. <laughs> That's Michael Brunts, Husker 24-7. Brunts, we appreciate your time as always. We will talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Take care. That's Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7. Coming up next, we've got a little more Herd Out Hot Seat coming up on Herd Out Sports Radio. And we will talk to Brian Appling, head coach of Buford High School, Dylan Rayola's high school coach, at the end of the hour. <laughs>